Would you rather be a drug dealer or a call girl? True Romance. Center Chat. Let's talk. Welcome to the Center Cut Center Chat. I'm Dave. And I am Michael. And I need more of that money. Yeah, we need some money, so we're going to have to do bad things. We're going to have to do some bad stuff for money because all the good stuff is already done. Now, true to true romance, we need to decide whether we want to be Clarence or Alabama. More specifically, would we rather be a drug dealer or a call girl? Yes, and I'm assuming for that call girl portion, we're just talking about like an escort who probably has sex. Yeah, I ain't no call girl. I'm a real boy. We're thinking more about being an escort. Yeah, we were thinking whether you want to be a drug dealer or a call boy. Right, because we're both hetero. At least I assume you are. I've never asked you specifically. So. I am. Okay, cool. Thank you so for asking. We want to take the fact that we'd have to sleep with the sex we're not attracted to out of the equation. So I think that we are... We're more like gigolos, or I guess put better, how about we're just genderless blobs being paid to have sex with other genderless blobs? Yeah. Sounds good. (laughs) Gender blobs. And as for the drug dealing, I say that we leave it open in terms of the narcotic of choice, but I think for the spirit of the question, we are lower level. Like, I don't think we're Pablo Escobar up in this bitch. Like, I think we're one of the foot soldiers or at or near the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah, it would be different if I was like a dude that's impossible to bust and just own whole cities. Yeah. Yeah. We're a lower level drug dealer and we're a person that has sex with someone that's a genderless blob. For money. Correct. Okay. Then let's talk about it. Let's. Now, David, I think, unfortunately... I would be very, very great at both of these career arcs. Oh, you're so unfortunate, isn't it? (laughs) Well, on the drug dealing side, because I'm so anti-drug, I would never end up being one of the dudes who gets high on his own supply. And my level-headedness would just help keep me safe. Yeah, it would be pretty easy for us to move up the ranks of the drug dealiness because we're both relatively logical and smart people. And I have a feeling most drug dealers are not that. Well, I mean, I think to be a successful drug dealer, you can't be a complete idiot. I'm not afraid of offending drug dealers. They're idiots. Well, we'll talk about that. But I mean, I don't think you can be someone with an IQ of like 72 and be successful. You could start out, but then you're just going to fail miserably. Or you're going to be one of the statistics of a person who dies. Yes, correct. And I think we can discuss the risks more in a bit. But I just want to say first that I think I would also make a good gigolo blob because I'm very, very good at pretending to like people that I find disgusting. Yeah, I have a harder time with that. They don't teach you that in high school. It's it's an important skill, man. Although I suppose I record this podcast with you every week, so maybe I'm better at it than I thought. <laughs> no, I think that I could make them feel good. I just I'd whisper positive affirmations in their ear as we bang. I do that with mm-hmm. my son. Mm hmm. Positive affirmations, not the banging. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Obviously, the positive affirmations. Yeah. When I first start feeding him his milk every night, I whisper, you're good, you're smart, you're strong in his ear. He side-eyes me and keeps sucking it down, just like my patron would. Oh my God, you're like that lady from The Help. You is strong. Yeah, that's a a nice thing to do for your son. A little crazy, but also nice. (laughs) 
did you also whisper at Ashley's belly those things? I didn't, no. When she was pregnant? No. No. I, I'm not into talking into someone's private parts. But if that's what was called upon me as an escort, I would talk into their private parts. Yeah. Oh, you're such a nice penis. <laughs> you're such a blob. Your sexual organ is so organy. Now that we got out of the way, the fact that I'd be excellent at two unsavory jobs, I think yeah. we need to talk about the risks because the risks are very important here. There are some risks for sure. Now, I think we can agree that the clientele who would be utilizing my services in both options are not really the cream of the crop. Nope. Low <laughs> end of the spectrum for sure. If you are paying money like cold, hard cash to meet up with a stranger to have sexual relations, you are either ugly have bad breath, or weird genitals, or all of the above. Definitely all of the above. In the history of the modern world, no attractive, good-breathed, large-breast, or penis-having person has had to flat-out pay for some action. I don't know. I mean, you could still be a weird nerd and uh, ugly in the face and also have a big dick. Neither of us are examples of that, but... Like, okay, maybe they had to grease the wheels by buying dinner because they have the personality of a half-dead hamster, but that's... That's like escort adjacent. It's not straight up prostitution. Yeah. Oh, I know. I just think that like there are probably people out there that have the social maturity of a rock and can't talk to women, but have large dicks. <laughs> it sounds like an oxymoron, but I bet it's a thing. Statistically, you're probably right, but I still don't think they would have to pay for an escort. I think all they have to do is buy someone dinner. Yeah, I suppose. I just want to say, side note, if you are that person, if you perform a sex act on your date because they bought you herb-crusted salmon and a martini, you should go see a therapist because that's sad. You should only have sex if both your brain and your loins say yes. It's that simple. There's like two temperature gauges, one on your head and one on your crotch. If and only if those things say it's hot, then fire away, my friend. But you shouldn't do it just because of one of those things is true. It's an interesting subplot that we have in this episode. You don't agree? I suppose I agree. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yes. I, I get you, but at the same time, it's like, you do you. If you don't like to owe people shit, and if someone buys you something, you feel like the need to fuck them, then fine. I don't know. I think that's, I think you're having sex for the wrong reasons, my friend. Who is going to dictate what the wrong reasons are other than you, like the person having sex? You can't tell someone that they're having sex for the wrong reasons, because they're their reasons. <sighs> right, but I know what you're saying, but at the same time, I think coming from like a a brain person. Obviously not you. <laughs> a neurologist? Well, maybe not neurologist, but it's not healthy to think that you have to have sex with someone just because they buy you dinner. Yeah, and that might be the case. I agree with that. I suppose that there may be some underlying issues there okay. that you could resolve. That's all I'm trying to say. My new slogan is you do you, and I'm not going to let you tell people what they should do anymore. <laughs> all right, fine. But speaking of telling people what to do, I think it's time for a center commercial. Okay, fine. I'll let you tell them what to do this one last time. Because my inner thighs are tingling, David. Oh, mine have been tingling this whole time. Center commercials. Today's episode is brought to you again by DB. Like you may have heard in the main episode, DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. 
Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. If you have a job like Alabama or Clarence, bags are definitely important. But this stylish gear is perfect for all ages and careers. We're teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. Now, David, I think while people that would want to fuck me are bad, people that would want to buy my drugs are way worse. Mm -hmm. Now, I mentioned this in the Toddcast podcast, so if you haven't listened to that episode we guested, you should probably go do it. But I had a squatter live above me in my apartment once. We didn't know it at the time, obviously, but turns out he was a heroin addict and he broke into our apartment and stole thousands of dollars of stuff, including our pillowcases and things that held sentimental value. Like your pillowcases? Like my pillowcases. But -hmm. the moral of the story is I broke into his apartment the next day and stole his fitted hat collection and a poster of Kramer from Seinfeld and we burned them in a bonfire. But that's besides the point. The point here is unless you are forcibly tied down and given drugs, if you choose to ever do heroin in the first place, when you know the likely outcome, you're either a very dumb person or a loser. And how can I possibly feel bad for you when you don't care that you will end up hurting other people? Oh, man, I agree with you. That's boring. It's not a secret. Like, there's enough literature and horror stories out there to know that you're not going to inject heroin into your arm once and then immediately open up an orphanage and pass the bar exam. Cool. Glad I tried that. Moving on. Check it off the list. No. Fuck you. And if you say I'm not empathetic, that's not true. I'm more empathetic to the innocent people who didn't choose to do a drug who are affected by it. So my empathy trumps yours. You've been served. People who try heroin, even once, are dumb. They're dumb. And I'm sorry if you've lost someone to heroin. They're, they were a dumb person. I feel this way about almost anything that's addictive when you talk about like any kind of hard drugs or even cigarettes, to be honest. You know the outcome. And if you don't, then you should try a little harder to understand the outcome before you try it. But like, you know what's going to happen. Why in the world would you still think that it's a good idea? And like that just immediately makes me question that person's whole thing. Right, exactly. It's like, okay, maybe in the 30s, if you tried smoking a cigarette, okay, like there wasn't, you know, we didn't really know the full effects in 1930 of of smoking a cigarette. But now in 2021, how could I feel bad for what happens to you? I can't. Yeah, I guess there there are instances, like you said, unless you're forcibly told to do it. But at the same time, when you if you lump like peer pressure and stuff like that into that, that's a little sketchy because like you always have an option. No, that's not. Yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. like tied down and like, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, you know, you're mugged and someone stabs you with a heroin needle or here it comes. Give it to me, daddy. <laughs> or even if like a doctor prescribes you pills that then are a gateway to heroin. I don't understand it personally, but I, I can excuse that. But if literally you try it and shoot it into your arm on your own accord or because like you have a friend who did and you're like, yeah, I'll try it too. You're just not. I just I don't vibe with you, homie. I don't know. We're being very preachy right now. I try not to be that way. It's hard. You do it every episode. So you're <sighs> full of shit when you say you try not to. <laughs> well, no, I try not but, to, but I just it ends up happening. I don't have, I don't, do. have the, I don't have the self power. Well, this one I agreed with. Fuck you if you do drugs. For once, David. I'm so proud For of you. For once. We're being preachy. Let's move on. My main point here is that drug dealers are scum because you're literally just making a buck off of indirect pain. Yes. Agreed. They're purposefully taking advantage of a person's inability to stop doing that thing. 
Right. And you know, it's not going to have a positive outcome, even if that person in the moment is like feeling good because they're they're all buzzed on whatever drug they're taking. Yeah. You know, it's going to lead to pain. Yep. You're a jerk. Let's talk salaries, though. Yeah, let's. Obviously, they're not like direct salaries, but Glassdoor had some information. Really? Surprisingly. I'm interested. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. Yeah. So in terms of a male escort, Glassdoor estimates that their salary is on average 33500 For a drug dealer? No, for a male escort. And it actually goes all the way up to about 52000 on the, the high end of the male escort business. They also had call girls in there, which I was surprised about, but that was 33600 So actually, girls only make $100 more on average than guys, which I found crazy. That doesn't seem right. I feel like yeah. I feel like men are definitely paying for sex more than women are. You would assume so. Maybe when you're a male escort, you're like in a really niche market. You know, That's true. You can probably charge more. Yeah, because there are so few of them available. And drug dealer is a little bit more difficult. This wasn't on anything like Glassdoor or anything like that, but there was a study done in, I think it was 2017 or 2018, that they surveyed a bunch of drug dealers on probation, stuff like that, asking kind of what what kind of money they were taking in when they were dealing drugs. And that amount was only 24000 per year. However, when you take into consideration the amount of time they're actually spending yeah. selling drugs, it ends up being about $30 an hour. So a lot of times drug dealing is like a supplement to another like minimum wage income or something like that. A lot of times it even said that it is done specifically to help fuel their own drug habits. Right. But yeah, so about $30 an hour, but only 24000 per year. I would imagine if you really wanted to like work a full-time drug dealing job and like really put a lot of effort in like girl who sells Beachbody, you could go to town and make quite a bit at $30 an hour. Yeah, that's that's kind of wild, but I guess you're probably limited. It's not like you can work nine to five. Cold calling, just like scrolling through the phone book like, hey, you need any cocaine? Can I have a minute of your time to talk about ketamine? Let's have a quick conversation. I have some things that I think you're really going to enjoy. I guess I could be both is what you're saying. There's enough time for me to be both. Yeah, you could actually kind of get away with both. Yeah, I would imagine that an escort isn't like going around and having sex with like eight or 10 people a night, you know? No, it's kind of a night. It's a nights and weekend thing. You have like one day to night. Yeah. So I would assume that 33,000 is like that comes down to like 800 a week. Maybe that was like four outings that were $200 each kind of thing. Well, let me ask you this, David. My guess is that data is like the legal escort side of it. Like you're just, it's just what they're paid to go on the date, not to actually get it on. Yeah. So that also could be tips or if that's Mm. just like, well, they're getting tips. All right. That's me going on a date and then give me an extra thousand dollars and I'll have sex with you at the end of the night. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that it's, it's something to play with. I like that you, you get the hard data there. So interestingly enough, the, the drug dealer article that I was reading also had some risk percentages. And it came out with a number that said city drug dealers have a 1.4% chance of dying and a 7% chance of having serious injury. That seemed kind of low in my head. So I just did some additional digging and I was like, okay, well, what's the most dangerous job that you can do? And it's logging. And in 2019, there were about 60 logging deaths and there are about 53,000 workers, give or take. So the percentage actually comes out to just over one-tenth of a percent. So if you're like a logger and that is heralded as one of the the most dangerous jobs to have, you only have one out of thousand chance of dying, whereas a drug dealer has like over one out of every hundred. So it's very dangerous. Yeah. I don't think 
it's as dangerous on the escort side of things. I do still think that that comes with some inherent risk. But in terms of chance of death, I think the drug dealer one is is going to definitely be the highest. Well, I don't think we can leave this without mentioning like we're coming at this as men, even if we're pretending to be blobs. I'm sure there is much more anxiety and fear dealing with being a call girl if you have to have sex with men who are generally bigger and stronger than you, just biology. Yep. When you're at your most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those men are also at their most vulnerable. That's fair. Like, if I have your dick in my mouth and you're going to start fucking with me. That's true. Say goodbye to your penis. There's my quote. <laughs> say goodbye to your penis. <laughs> you're actually right, because yes, it would be very fearful. Yes, there would be risk there. But like, guess what? If somebody's buying something illegal off me, they're probably insane in the membrane. And that's just as scary. Plus, I have a place to keep a weapon since I won't be naked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. Yeah, it's that one is, is questionable. I would almost consider that one a draw. Yeah, I think that's a push. Hmm. One thing I didn't mention is, yes, we talked about you're as a drug dealer, you're taking money for pain. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's as common with an escort. I think most of the time you're giving pleasure, but I do think that there is sometimes the person you're having sex with may have a spouse and then that person's getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's kind of indirect pain there. Yeah, but I'd agree I agree with that. I feel like most of the time I'm just going to be sexing up blobs who are lonely and just want some good old. Yeah, most of the time you're like you're making their day rather than ruining it. Yeah. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is being forced to have sex with anyone who is willing to pay me money. Okay. I don't want to fucking just like have sex with everybody. Like I'm not the kind of person who could, some people are just like enjoy sex so much that it doesn't matter who they're having sex with. It's just, they enjoy it. Period. I'm not that type of person. This would be very much work for me. And it would also suck because most of these dudes, like you said, probably, or, or most of whoever, are probably not attractive. They probably have trouble having sex outside of paying someone for it. So you're just having sex with a bunch of ugly people all the time. That sounds terrible. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but like I mentioned at the top, I'm good at pretending to like gross people. Yeah, and that's fine that you're good at pretending to like them so that they will give you tips and stuff like that. At the end of the day, it's still going to suck for you. I mean, I've had, just going to be brutally honest here, I've had relations with some questionable people. In my, in oh my day. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not saying I don't have standards. I mean, I... In an elevator. I turned down a threesome, David. Did you? In my heyday, I turned down a threesome. Oh, man. Those two other guys must have been so disappointed. <laughs> no, it was two women. It was two women. They it just, was two girls. They were not my cup of tea. Okay. So you turned down a threesome because they weren't your cup of tea, but you could have sex with anybody if they gave you money. Yes. I mean, I know that you're poor, (laughs) but that seems excessive. I think I could just compartmentalize, man. I can. It's just a job at that point. Because I feel like having a threesome would have really done a lot for your rap career. It would (laughs) have. My work. I'm just punching the clock. Yeah. See, I can't do that. I I wish I was like that, but I got to I got to like love what I do. And when I don't, I I check out. Yeah. I would be giving subpar sexual relations. (laughs) Because I would just be bored. Mm. Real talk, it might be hard. Well, I guess it wouldn't be hard is the problem. I I think Mm -hmm. I may have to Mm -hmm. supplement with some Viagra. Like if I'm not sexually attracted to them, how am I going to make my thing stay at attention? If you don't get a hard on when Patricia Arquette's boob is swinging around on the screen, then how the hell are you going to get a hard on when Christian Slater wants you to put it in his butt? (laughs) Yeah, it's a serious thought exercise. I don't know. (sighs) I have my answer, though. Ugh. Yeah, I suppose I have mine, too. All right. 
David, would you rather be a drug dealer or a call girl? Drug call dealer. girl. Really? Lay it down, homie. When I'm a drug dealer, I'm controlling the narrative. I am the one in control. I could control the situation. I could control who I choose to sell to. I could control all of that. When I am a call girl or a male escort, if you will, I no longer have that control and I am at the will of whatever they want. And that sounds less appealing to me, not to mention that I don't want to have sex with uggos. So I think that drug dealing, I could do it my way and in a way that I feel better about it. That's a strong point. I definitely will agree with you. That is the toughest part for me to swallow. Oh, wow. Is it is it the <laughs> toughest thing for you to swallow? Because I don't think it's going to be. Wow. I walked into that. No, for me. You going to change your answer now that you just no, figured out you might have to suck a dick? No, I couldn't have sex with with two women, but you're OK with sucking a dick for money. It's a blob, man. Sometimes I really underestimate the amount that you're poor. It's a <laughs> it's a formless blob that I'm filleting. But that formless Bob could have a vagina or a penis. It could. I just think for me, it boils down to giving pain versus giving pleasure. And I, without a doubt, want to pleasure you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. That that could... <laughs> I'm just I'm just walking into all of uh-huh. the bad things here. No, uh-huh. you, you know what I mean. I, I would much rather ruin my body than knowingly poison other people's bodies. I just I'm sick of people being selfish, man. You're driving in the car. You miss your turn. You don't cut out in front of somebody else to make your turn anyway. You go the wrong way and then find time to take a turn or reverse your path without inconveniencing anybody else. Inconvenience yourself always, you jerks. Give pleasure, not pain. I understand that you're giving pleasure, but do you think you would be honestly enriching this person's life who just had to pay to have sex with you rather than actually generate a relationship that would be beneficial in their life? They're going to have pleasure in that moment. They're going to feel loved. They're going to feel wanted. It might make them. Okay. But if you're going to, if you're going to call the pleasure in that moment card, then drugs, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the drugs are going to have indirect pain because then after they are all fucking whacked out on the heroin, they're like, oh shit, I need more heroin. Oh, I don't have any money. I'm going to go punch this homeless man in the face and steal his wallet. Well, he shouldn't sing in the alley. But like, there's not going to be any indirect pain unless the person I'm sexing up has a spouse. If it's just a lonely old person, there's no pain there. Part of me thinks that the charitable Michael would want to give out sex for free. And then the other part of me is like, yeah, fucking no way in hell. (laughs) But like, it makes it sound like you want to just give the world sex. Make everyone feel good. You're like the Willy Wonka of sex. Emphasis on the Willy. I'm an everlasting... Come stopper. No, that's the opposite of that. <laughs> no, nope. never ending come stopper. <laughs> An everlasting cub gobbler. <laughs> yep, that's the ticket. <laughs> and that's how we close the episode. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when it comes down to it, our opinion really doesn't matter at all. It does not. It really, really doesn't. We want to know what you all think. So we're going to post our standard center chat post on Instagram today. Go hit it up. We are going to also post in our story and we want you to vote. We want to know, would you rather be a drug dealer or a call girl? Yeah. So definitely throw your hat in the ring, throw your genitals in the ring and let us know what you'd want to do. But next episode, we will be covering Outer Banks season two. Finally. Ooh, we did season one over a year ago. Yeah, year and a half. Yeah, year and a half ago. And season two, we are covering that. And that episode will be coming out next Wednesday on August 25th. 
looking forward to that. Oh, and if you could do us a favor for the next few episodes, we're trying to test something out. If you want, please go to Good Pods. It's an app or you can do it on the browser. Listen to the episode there instead of your normal Apple podcast. If you want to help us out, we're just testing something out, trying to see if we can rise up the ranks on their indie charts. That may get some more eyeballs. So if you want to do us a favor, hook us up. Good pods. Yes. We need to beat all the algorithms. Yes, please. Hit them with that final quote. And remember, our opinion, just like getting shot in the eye, if Patricia Arquette touches your penis after, does not matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>